In school, and Sabs finds a levitating rose in a locker, but she stops it once Harvey rocks up next to her to ask her for advice on a Mother's Day gift. His dad told him to get a can opener last year. What a shit husband as well as a father, we've learned. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Uh, no craft in this episode, no Libby in this episode, no Valerie in this episode. Yeah. For the season finale, most of the regular cast is absent. So that, <laughs> that's a mark against it. However... Harvey is here spreading yet more miserable tales of his of his dickhead of a father who gets another bastard point. Yes, Dick Kinkle is back. We had a bit of a drought, didn't we? We've not seen nor heard any uh, evidence of Dick Kinkle's uh, bastardry. But yeah, he is, he's back just to show that he doesn't do anything. He just he just tells us that he's well, a bigger usually, shit than we once thought. It's reported bastardry because we're yet to meet him and maybe we never will. Yeah. If if Dick told Harvey to get a can opener last year, what did Dick get her himself? A can? Um, <laughs> a can of soup. I'll get her a can of soup. You get a can opener. And then he ate the soup. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three arrogant and artificial archaeologists review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil, I'm your host and guide, and chief digger, if that's a phrase, of this wonderful podcast and this trip down a rather dusty nostalgia avenue. I am joined by two fellow diggers, and they are my friends Graham Riley. Hello, Graham! Hello, Phil. I've got my, my trowel here, magnifying glass, and what else do archaeologists have? Um, little, little, little hammers and little um, hammers. Little I've got, chisels. I've got, I've got my little hammer and my chisel. It is a, a day to reflect on history because we're at the end of season two. Yes, and we're also at the end of this man's journey on uh, our podcast, as voted by you... <laughs> Is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Our fans are going to be so disappointed. <laughs> I'm still here. It was just a ruse. <laughs> you won't get rid of him that easy. We held a poll to see whether Chris should be fired or not for forgetting Phil's birthday. Our fans voted for Chris to go. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they couldn't find anyone to replace me. So I'm still here, baby. Yes. He is irreplaceable. Yes. So we held a poll and the results of it will not be enacted. So if that isn't democracy, I don't know what is. <laughs> there we go, folks. Yeah. The actual definition of democracy is yeah. us asking for your opinion, saying that the uh, the the results lie solely in your hands, and then going to heck with it. Yeah, democracy <laughs> in action. Yeah. In actual fact, though, we're, we're, Chris will be staying on the show. However, me and Graham will be leaving to do another show. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris will be fronting the rest of this uh, podcast uh, just on his own. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, today I'm armed with my bone brush. So I will be <laughs> dusting away. Whatever you do in the morning, Chris, is it's not for our concern. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Graeme, so before I rudely interrupted you with a gag on behalf of uh, Chris's dignity, uh, what were you about to say? We're making history, is that right? Well, yeah, we are, because it's still, I think, less than a year since we started. And we're here at the end of season two. Uh, there were times, including during this season, when I didn't think we'd get here. Um, but well, I think it's been a season where we came of age as podcasters. I look back on season one now, and yes, it was decent for a first attempt, but I... I I think we've, we've learned a lot about what you do and don't do yes. on the podcast. Yeah, I think we've definitely come into our own. I think the change of scenery and setup, 
um, has helped. Obviously, a moving house halfway through this current season. But we've definitely found a flow. We know what works now. So, and it's only taken us, yeah, just under a year. I mean, in actual fact, when this episode goes out, our podcast have been going for a year. So, it's mad to think that for the past 12 months, Sabrina has filled my life considerably. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in such a strange way that yeah, a lot of my spare time has been uh, what was conceived? spent with a, a teenage witch. What was conceived in a uh, in a bar at the Salford Keys has uh, yeah now now grown into a, a labour of love for yes. us all, but you in particular. Have you enjoyed this season thus far? Before we talk about our last episode, yes, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, it started spectacularly well, I oh, think. Oh god, yeah. And then it got. Very, very rough in the middle, where things just got so untethered from what the show originally was that I started doubting myself as to whether I could keep on with this. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the Christmas episode. Particularly Christmas, the Christmas episode. Particularly recording the Christmas episode in March and it just being dire. Um, <laughs> then it really has come back uh, into its own, I think, in the final few episodes this one included really it wasn't a classic but it was just perfectly yeah, enjoyable it, it, I mean again we'll talk we'll talk about it as the, the episode progresses but uh, yeah it ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger nothing as a shocking like oh my god like she could lose her witch's license well no it ends on a little a, a nice sort of yeah, a nice sort of fan cliffhanger I guess yeah there's, there's something for particularly the, the fans who you know the younger fans particularly may well have been you know sort of invested in the whole sort of Sabrina Harvey love story and you know will will they you know will they end up together will the forces of you know her being a witch and everything drive them apart or will they ever find out she's a witch I think there's a lot of we kind of underestimate how many questions there would have been amongst mm-hmm. the target audience about Sabrina and Harvey's relationship and how important that would have been to them so it probably makes sense that having not really been Explored or defined much at all this season that the cliffhanger does involve the two of them and romance. Episode 26, our season two finale, is called Sabrina vs. Magic, or at least that's what it's called on the DVD release, as in fact it was actually called Mom vs. Magic. Which uh, made more sense. It makes absolute <laughs> more sense. I don't know where they got the, uh, the miscommunication getting it wrong. Do you think it was a suit? Because like, DVDs are all shows, they're rushed out, they mm. have often have. Unless it's like a real, like sort of like classic show that's finally being brought to DVD, they have no special features, they have no commentaries. I believe these DVDs are of that nature. Uh, pretty basic, yeah. yeah. They have nothing. I think someone just mistyped on, <laughs> yeah. on, on the menu screen, <laughs> and I am serious. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, obviously, we know that uh, you know DVD releases are a bit different because you know well, um, a lot of you listening have got in contact about. Um, when we talk about the montage music in particular, we love commenting on the strange music, but it's because actual copyrighted music would have been used on the broadcast, but for distribution on DVD, they are different. I think I vastly prefer the montage music I've had it. <laughs> yeah. and the, uh, the ersatz like, versions of Shiny Happy People and um, whatever Tony Braxton song they use. I, <laughs> yeah. I much prefer uh, But no, it's, it's, uh, this is our finale. Yeah, I would say it's entitled Mom vs. Magic. In this episode, Sabrina has to make a difficult decision. Not only which boyfriend she wants to go out with, but also does she want to live the rest of her life without magic or without seeing her mom ever again? And on that note, we never see the actress playing a mom ever again. We'll say a brief hello to her. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to that. We're, we're hoping that by the end of this episode, Sabrina will get her witch's licence. So rather than uh, delaying the inevitable, we might as well jump straight in. So We've boys, started like four times now. <laughs> but we, we just love chatting. We just... I, d- we've, 
I, I wonder what the shortest amount of time we've ever spent to get into the meat of an episode is. <laughs> can't, 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 be, can't be less than 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in the edited version, I've seen the pilot we're, version. We're, we're dragging it out now. We're talking about this. We're dragging it out to comment on how, how we drag it out. <laughs> I reckon one time, one t- just once in the next season, what we should do is sit down and go straight in. Audiences won't know what hit them. Yeah. Don't introduce ourselves. Don't ask if we're ready. Just no, yeah, just boom. Today's episode is. Yeah. Don't tell us when it's going to happen. Yeah. See how good we are thinking on our things. Okay. <laughs> We'd be terrible. And this is... What? I haven't even said hello. <laughs> what are you doing? I hate change. <laughs> Fucking off, start again. <laughs> And this is why our show, uh, at least for the very foreseeable future, will remain free. <laughs> you ain't paying for this waffle. The episode opens up with Salem on the phone, and upon hanging up, he screams. <laughs> it turns out that his mother has decided to visit, and when Sabina asks why that's such a big problem, considering that her mother will turn into a giant ball of wax upon seeing her, it comes to light that Salem hasn't told his mum that he's a cat. I mean... I don't tell my mother everything, but I feel like if I was a cat, I'd be like, Mum, I'm a cat. <laughs> this, this is big news that I feel you should know. I can understand him not wanting to tell his mum, because mm. they evidently didn't have a great relationship, and it's kind of embarrassing that this yeah. once powerful witch is now a cat. However, he was once a very powerful witch. Mm-hmm. His mum is also a witch. He was a super villain. I think even in the witching realm, there aren't too many of them. Mm-hmm. His trial would have been big news. Oh. And the sentence would have been big news. It's pretty incredible that she's not heard about it just anyway because he's such a notable person. Yeah. Maybe she lives in a mountain tribe in a cave. She's got to. She's got to. I mean, maybe maybe big stories in the in the other realm. Uh, maybe there's a lot of censor, censorship maybe yeah, in the press. We, we don't know how free the press is. We've seen that the justice system and uh, the the witches' council are, aren't the most sort of democratic, mm. uh, fair people. They're quite sadistic and vindictive. We've seen how Drell was in season one. A few uh, instances in the season two where they're pretty draconian, aren't they? They're pretty mm-hmm. cruel. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe there's not a free press. Yes, maybe maybe it's just they said, today a witch who will not be named was turned into something which will not be named. Or maybe like, you know, they, 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 they um, put the news out like at, at 1am and then remove it at 2am like the BBC do when the government does something bad, that sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. So it was briefly, briefly available, but if you weren't around at that time, you might not know what happened. Maybe that's where the birth of rumour mills came into it. So it was that was the only bit of like, Free press that there was. Yeah. That explains why they derive so much joy from these rumours. Exactly. There, there we, we go. go. Nice little bit of linking into the two episodes. Look at that, yeah. guys. Look at that. Now, we're, and, and you wonder. solved an issue that wasn't there. Well, what, <laughs> yeah. And you wonder why we waffle so much at the start, but it's because we need warming up. Here we go. If we hadn't have done that 17 minutes of waffle at the top of the hour, we'd not be able to rack these amazing things off the top of our heads. What we're doing, we're, we're not answering a, a question that wasn't there. What we're doing is we're world building. Yes. Oh, oh world sorry, building. we're world building. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Realm, realm building. Realm building. We're fleshing out this realm. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just mention something about Salem and the phone? Yes. With the new puppet, we saw him hang up the phone. We saw him. Oh we my didn't God, see him yeah. pick up the phone. We didn't see him pick up the phone, but I saw him hang up the phone. So the concept that we had previously that he uses a stick in his mouth <laughs> yes. is incorrect. Yeah. He can use his paw. And the puppet uses its paw so much oh in this episode. Oh my God, episode. and so, so well. Happy. So well. 
Oh my god, I've never been so excited about a cat handing an old woman a tissue before. Well, I've, no, I've never been so excited about a paw. <laughs> Phil, I think with the progress that this puppet is making, you know, episode on episode it improves. I reckon, I hope, since we're used to having our questions answered and our theories confirmed, that we will see the Salem puppet pick up a phone and say hello at some point because you could believe that puppet could do it. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can only hope. One thing we will hope as well is that these opening titles finish soon because in this one, uh, she's dressed as a surgeon and she says, watch the show, then call me in the morning. Stat. Incorrect. Incorrect? Massively. Why is that massively incorrect? Dressed as a surgeon, mate. Yeah. And she was talking like a GP or a physician. Yeah. Well, and then she said stat. Yeah. <laughs> She's got her medical cliches just completely muddled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take 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 two of this and then call me in the morning. Stat. No, no, no. You've t- just told me to wait till the morning. <laughs> stat. <laughs> stat. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what? Do you want me to make... Make time go faster? Do you want me to go to bed earlier so the morning comes quicker? What? What do you want me to do? I don't think I'll make a follow-up appointment, Dr. Spellman. <laughs> You've got to have a clue what you're doing. Uh, once again, we get that delightful close-panning-up shot of the house exterior, which was very, very nice. And inside we find Salem begging Hilda and Zelda to hide him away from his mother. And when they refuse, he cries, but now with an added splutter. Yeah, um, as well as the puppet uh, improving, Nick Bacali has been developing and uh, sort of expanding upon his uh, his crying repertoire. Mm-hmm. And boy, in the in the opening minutes of this episode, we get so many Salem cries. <laughs> if this episode completely went off the rails after this, it would be worth it for the <laughs> amount of Salem crying we get. Yeah, so at the start when he was speaking to his mum, uh, it was like, no! Oh yeah, and the no as well, we get a lot of that. <laughs> we get that again. Yeah. Hilda and Zelda decide to perhaps visit their own mother, when suddenly the linen closet flashes and Sabrina and Dashiell emerge from a seemingly successful date. Mm. They're dating. They are. Um, she says, uh, Sabrina comes out and goes, oh, Hilda, Zelda, I didn't expect to see you, uh, you know, right here at this moment. She said, well, that's the problem with having a magical transporter. Sometimes you need to actually use it for towels. And then Zelda shoves a massive pile of towels on Hilda to stop her quizzing. But why on earth do they need a dozen towels amongst three of them? Got me thinking, does the Viking use one? Does the Quizmaster have one when he uses Hilda's shower? There's a hell of a lot of blood to wipe up, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> hell of a lot. Yeah, who in the hell is staying over and who in the hell is, is being brought into the Maybe, basement? Well, The dungeon even, sorry. It turns out that Sabrina and Dash travelled back in time and slid all the way from Canada to Mexico on a giant glacier, which is great fun, apart from the raw butt. <laughs> but she says like, oh yeah, my bum hurts. But what about the guy's knackers? Like that's yeah. Oh, chilled. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, iced balls. I no, mean, you've seen you. videos of people, you know, sticking their tongues on. Po- I say videos. You've seen Dumb and Dumber <laughs> sticking the tongue on the, an icy pole. I mean, what yeah. if you? Yeah, what if your balls get caught? I'm going to assume that he wasn't wearing short shorts. No, I mean, and yeah. he was wearing trousers. Yeah. Possibly several trousers. I'm <laughs> yeah. hoping. So yes, the Sabs and Dash come back from their date. They exchange pleasantries and a kiss, and he leaves. Oh. They've got a bit of a sweet thing going on. He he says that she's the most uh, amazing, wonderful girl he's ever dated with. She says, in less words, the same. Uh, they have a little smooch, and he even strokes her face just before leaving. So. It's amazing, really. We've not had too much... I mean, this episode, very little at all, like fleshing out of, uh, of Dashiell. Mm-hmm. We've not seen him for very long. But... 
you do. I think their chemistry is quite. It's quite between Donald Faison and Melissa Joan Hart. It's quite quite strong. Quite believable. It's very believable, isn't yeah, it? Like I think it's a very I mean, comfortable relationship. Yeah, they seem to have got. You, they communicate sort of the fact that they have met each other and they have a connection and they're at the stage where they really just enjoy every moment they can spend together. Yeah. Um, really well, I think. Yeah, it just. I think it, it's a perfect sort of character to also. And Dashiell seems like a nice guy, although he does have one very creepy line a little later, which we'll <laughs> yeah. get to. Yeah, yeah. we will get to. Yeah, that. at the same time, they come out of the linen, clo- linen closet, and Aunt Hilda is like, "Oh no, it's our- we're guardians. It's our job to be nosy." She puts a door in the way, but she's fine kissing in front of Salem, who's still <laughs> on the linen basket, just like, <laughs> yeah, just... "Hey guys, still here." Get Salem. a fucking room. Yeah. <laughs> Salem also the nosiest, most intrusive character. The guy who reads her diary. Yeah. yeah. He's happy just to sit there. Well, they're happy to smooch right in front of him. Yeah. To stop Hilda and Zelda from snooping, uh, she magics in a, a door, which uh, yeah, she closes and everything to keep them out. And yeah, Zelda walks into it, uh, carrying yeah. the linen. Um, and Serene says, this isn't practical. <laughs> this isn't practical. Oh, it's true, isn't it? We love our facts. You might say it's not practical magic. It is. Oh, ah. Sandra hey. Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Phil. <laughs> no, it's Phil. <laughs> Be quiet, Nicole Kidman. I thought I was podcast with Sandra Bullock all this time. <laughs> well, maybe his new podcast will, will feature maybe, Sandra maybe. Bullock, yeah. I <laughs> wonder how much she knows about Sabrina. She's Miss Congeniality. She knows everything. She does know everything. <clears throat> in school, and Sabs finds a levitating rose in a locker, but she stops it once Harvey rocks up next to her to ask her for advice on a Mother's Day gift. His dad told him to get a can opener last year. What a shit husband as well as a father, we've learned. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Uh, no craft in this episode, no Libby in this episode. No Valerie in this episode. Yeah. For the season finale, most of the regular cast is absent. So that, <laughs> that's a mark against it. However, Harvey is here spreading yet more miserable tales of his of his dickhead of a father who gets another bastard point. Yes, Dick Kinkle is back. We had a bit of a drought, didn't we? We've not seen nor heard any uh, evidence of Dick Kinkle's uh, bastardry. But yeah, he is, he's back just to show that he doesn't do anything. He just He just tells us that he's... Well, it's bigger shit than we once thought. It's reported bastardry because we're yet to meet him, and maybe we never will. Yeah, but uh, well, I only hope. I mean, that's a hope for season three that we just at least hear more of Mister Kinkle. But uh, I do hope we see Dick at some point. Yeah. Anyway, if if Dick told Harvey to get a can opener last year, what did Dick get her himself? A can. Um, <laughs> a can of soup. I'll get her a can of soup. You get a can opener, and then he ate the soup. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, love. We're we're realm building. We're realm building. <laughs> Sabrina suggests a few ideas to him, and his gratitude is shown in a loving kiss on the cheek. Who were? Oh, Harvey. Sabrina says, but once that magic rose starts tapping her on the shoulder, she admits that she's got a massive problem. That she does. Again, shows development, uh, you know, maturity from Sabrina. It's the last time she was torn between two lovers. We had uh, Harvey and we had uh, David Chikachi, the ski instructor. Yeah. She didn't really... Having two potential lovers didn't really phase her at all. She was just like, oh, I can have them both if I want to. Yeah. Whereas this one, she is actually like, oh, wow, I really have to make a decision here. She's learned from her mistake. She has, and that's what we love. That's what we want to hear. Character progress. Yes. Yes. 
Back home, and Hilda is still reluctant to go and visit her mother because she likes Zelda more than her. Zelda says that she probably should, but she doesn't think <laughs> she does. That was one of the best lines of the episode. I laughed out loud at that one. Yeah, I mean, she probably should, but I don't think she does. <laughs> uh, again, a bit of a an out-of-character remark, I think, for Zelda. Quite an intelligent sort of douchey thing to yeah. say, really. I think it's really, really clever. Uh, they pull a hiding sailor out of the hamper who still refuses to see his mother. She never loved me when I was a human. One little hug and I wouldn't have tried to take over Poland, he says. Aww. Was yeah. Salem a Nazi? Well, I just think poor old Poland has just had a terrible run of it, really. Poland's history has constantly been taken over by dickheads, including very recently. So uh, Salem is yet another one of said dickheads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. In school, and Dashiell makes a surprise appearance to whisk Sabrina away to London, where they'll turn invisible and give the Queen a wedgie. Way lovely. Do you fucking keep your hands off, my Queen? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I we, mean, we, 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 we uh, I think that line was, was was cut from the broadcast in the UK because we we, we will not tolerate such uh, vulgar uh, oh, yeah. language about about Her Majesty, would we? If you said, "Go, and, if we're going to go and wedgie the Duke of Edinburgh," that's fine. You can do that. You probably get a certificate for that these days. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get uh, <laughs> you get the DOV Brown Award. <laughs> <laughs> Very niche joke there. <laughs> Let us know if you get it. Well, yeah, well, well, one for our, one for our British listeners. Yeah. One for our one British listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Sabina says she'd love to wedgie the Queen, but she promised half uh, a friend that she'd go shopping with them and won't break that promise. She magics him away and she heads out with Harvey. Is it in this scene where he says, can I just watch you for hours? <laughs> yes. Yes. Can I just stand near you and watch you? Um, <sighs> Two writes Serena Magic's away and goes, I'll send you a picture. Which is not really. Yeah, that's that's just feeding him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, putting him off. But yeah. In some ways, it's sweet. Like I find you so beautiful and wonderful and amazing. I just want to. I could just enjoy myself well, just just looking at you. Well, but... yeah. If you you know, I've had times in my life where I've woken up next to a woman and just watched her sleep. We were taking at the time. Oh, okay, <laughs> I just realised what I was saying. I didn't break into anyone's house. I didn't crawl into yes. the bed. I didn't stand at the foot was, of the bed watching invited. them sleep. She, she was, was invited. invited. It was consensual. And I've woken up and she's still asleep. And I've gone and looked yeah, and I mean, gone, this even... is a wonderful time. I understand that. But the way it was delivered was a bit... Yeah, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't say it out loud. You'd keep it in your mind and go, yeah. oh my God, she's so beautiful. I could stare at her for hours. And, and I wouldn't take tell the picture. person that's what you wanted to do. And here's the point as well. They're asleep. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to disturb them. They're asleep. Yes. You're not. Yes. If someone was awake and you stood next to them and said, can I watch you for hours? <laughs> they'd be like, can't we just do stuff together and you can watch me while, while, we're, having, while we're having fun rather than you just going... Yeah. You'd be like, get out of my bedroom, stat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I won't call you in the morning. <laughs> oh, and as well, it's nice that uh, Dashiell seems to have stopped scratching his head when he's using his magic. Yes. <laughs> we see him use magic a few times and he doesn't weirdly scratch his head and use his magic. Which would indicate when we saw him in the rumour mill when he scratched his head, they just forgot to get him to point and he's genuinely scratched yeah, his yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, I think he had a genuine scalp irritation. <laughs> they thought, let's make it magical, guys. <laughs> Back home and Mrs. Saberhagen, sorry, Mumsy enters through the linen closet looking for her son, but instead finds a cat. 
Now, as we're introducing to uh, Mrs. Saberhagen, first name undisclosed. However, we do have is, both her names. Is that genuinely what we're going to be referring to her as? <laughs> undisclosed Saberhagen. Undisclosed. No, undisclosed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, as for the actress, uh, who is she, Graham? Well, say hello to Louise Sorel. Basically, the first 20 years of her career are irrelevant. Um, <laughs> she, was, she was kind of a, a, a TV that guy or that gal throughout the 60s and 70s like you name a, long, a long running show from that era she's probably been in it she was in Star Trek she was in Charlie's Angels Bonanza Hawaii Five-0 but only like one episode of each of those things but she really found her niche in the 1980s and 1990s as the queen of daytime soap wow um, she was in one called Santa Barbara originally in the 80s uh, she was in One Life to Live as well. All, all these ones that were parodied in the soap opera episode, basically. Yeah. But her best-known role is in Days of Our Lives, where she played a character called Vivian Alamein, who was, I think, generally like sort of like a villainous sort of troublemaker type mm-hmm. uh, type character, a soap bitch, as the, in, in <laughs> yeah. English parlance. Um, she won at least one award at the Soap Opera Digest Awards wow. every single year from 1993 to 1999, apart from 1998 when this episode aired. <laughs> so we join her here during her Annus Horribilis where she didn't win an award. But, but nonetheless, yes, so she's royalty in that world and she uh, returned to Days of Our Lives for her third stint uh, late last year. So she's, she's still pretty active. She's still, yeah, yeah, she's again um, like Fred Willard, uh, well into her 70s, but yeah, still very much active. Wow, that's cool. <clears throat> but yeah, so this is Momsy Saberhagen and she, we join her as she finds Salem is a cat. Salem Saberhagen, you always disappoint me. <laughs> You're selfish and irresponsible. You're a terrible person. All facts. But if you aren't the cutest little kitty, and he lets out a little weep. Oh, Aww. he does, doesn't he? One of the few times I've seen Salem happy, or at least ha- made happy by. Something that not is not his own gain or something. Not, that well, he's... not not his own. Yeah, not his own greed either. Yes. Power or food. Those are <laughs> the only things that make him happy. I mean, as men, I mean that's that's things that fuel us most. That's just what we are, men. Yeah, men. All men. All men. Fifty percent of the world's population. All we care about power and food. Good. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's nice to see that Salem is genuinely chuffed as the episode progresses. He's genuinely really happy to have is a sort of. Mum just kind of obsessing over him and, and caring for him and nurturing him. And it's it's a really sweet side of yeah. Salem that we that we have have yet to see. We know he's clumsy. We know he can be a bit camp. We know he can be just an idiot. But it's nice to see him that he's he's a mummy's boy, really, isn't he? Yeah. Downstairs, and Sabrina returns from a rather stressful shopping trip with Harvey, who didn't like any of the gift ideas she picked up. Typical man. <laughs> Typical man. Again, men, men, oh, men. Power food. Don't like gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the kitchen... <laughs> the holy trinity of masculinity. <laughs> Power, food, fuck gifts. <laughs> Indecisiveness. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, and Dashiell lets himself in, uh, doesn't scratch his head, but he magics in a giant sundae. And when he calls out her name, Sab says it's her new oven timer alarm. Which Harvey accepts and goes, oh, my mum would really like one of those. Yeah, an oven timer that says your name. Oh, yeah. Oh, we mean... love Harvey. I, I wonder if she's better off by herself. Because <laughs> yeah. Harvey, as much as we love him, is stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Dashiell, as nice as he seems initially, wants to stare at her for hours. So <laughs> she's, be- she's better off alone. She don't need no man. No. 
she tries to shoo him away so he'll avoid Dashiell. Sabrina, can I ask you something? Yeah, whatever it is, the answer is yes. Really? So we can go steady again? What? She says. Just then, Dasha walks in and she is a rumbled. Yeah. So, hard. Well, we get the answer. It, I mean, we, we figured it out sooner or later. But yeah, they haven't been seeing each other. They've been close friends, but never shown any signs of intimacy. But now he he wants to go out with her again. They full on just dropped it for like the entirety of the season, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, I mean, what was the reason? It was his it was, dad. It was dad. It was yeah, like episode yeah. four, was it? Yeah, his yeah. dad. His dad didn't want him to be tied down or something. Yeah, he wanted him to play the field. He wanted to play so field, to explore. Yeah, yeah. Sow his wild seed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, there we go. So they haven't been together. And yeah, right at the end of season two, he's like, can we go out together? But if you started tuning into Sabrina mid, mid-season two, mm-hmm. so, you wouldn't know that there was a romantic history between Harvey and oh, Sabrina. No, yeah. You would think that he is her male friend who maybe she has a bit of a sort of crush on and there's a bit of a will they, won't they, but they've never got around to doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more or less their romantic histories more or less been forgotten and not dwelled upon at all which has made me sad yeah again but I think this goes back to like reflecting over the entire of season 2 in season 1 there was more of an element of a will they won't they whereas season 2 they focused more on the the bizarre witchy natures of of Sabrina rather than her her mortal relationships. And that was something we lamented, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? The loss of the human side of Sabrina. Yeah, yeah. and what was good, though, is, is the reason <clears throat> why uh, Hilda and Zelda were, were up for Sabrina, um, you know, seeing Harvey less, is because they wanted her to concentrate on school and her magic. And in a way, for the rest of season two, that's exactly what she has done, really. Yeah, yeah to, to be fair, I guess, they've, yeah, I guess they've stayed true to um, what was set out in the beginning. Um, but yeah, the human side has gradually come back into play over the last few episodes. So I'm glad that in amongst that is Harvey and Sabrina's relationship. Yes. So hopefully we'll... Uh, I say hopefully she'll choose to go out with Harvey, but I mean... Dash was only in for one episode less, <laughs> so one episode more, so... Yeah, spoiler alert, just <laughs> by that. Um, uh, so Sabrina tries her best to explain the pickle she's in, but Dash and Half tell her to choose which one she wants to be with. She throws them both out, and when they keep asking, she heads upstairs where Mrs. Saberhagen is brushing Salem, who is absolutely loving the attention, so much so that he just can't stop talking about how great of a mom she is. I feel like you've missed out on a massive chunk there, mate. The whole, when they're all they're both sat down and like, right, well, yeah, we didn't say we were exclusive, we didn't say... Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes, quite yeah. important, yeah. Very important, it's like... Just to just to reiterate, yeah, it's like Sabrina hadn't hasn't done anything wrong. Harvey yeah. has literally just asked her to go steady, mm-hmm. and Dashiell and Sabrina never said that they were going to be exclusive. Therefore, technically, she hasn't cheated on anyone. Yes. Yes. she's just been she's just been dating Dashiell, and so happens to have Harvey as a very good friend who wants. Who recently wants to start the relationship mm-hmm. up again. Yeah, it's a very important bit of dialogue there. Yeah. A, for anybody who is newer to the show yes. and isn't, isn't really aware of the whole sort of Sabrina and Harvey status. And also just to establish that Sabrina isn't cheating on either person, yeah. which would not be... It'd be much harder to sympathise with her if she yes. was like full on like you know deceiving somebody in such a major way like that. So, uh, but... Yeah, because they're both very cool with it and they just like... You got to choose, like, well, you know, I only, move. I only did just ask you, 
if we wanted to go steady and Dash was like, oh, well, we didn't yeah. say we were going to see uh, just see each other. So yeah. choose, you got to choose now. Choose me, choose me. They're the, they're the bad guys here. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, it's that moment of, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. And then they just both sit back and go, choose. Yeah. How, how strange is that? You've got to choose between two guys and they gang up on you <laughs> to make you go with one of them and break the other's heart and they're ganging up on you to make you make that decision. It's horrible. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know what... 50-50 though, isn't it? Well, I know what decision I'd make. I'd just tell both to fuck off and eat that Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Oh, just man. Like, what, on the what, table. That looked like a great Sunday. Yeah. She heads upstairs where Mrs. Saberhagen is brushing Salem who is absolutely loving the attention. Salem is shallow. If someone is petting him and it's somebody who's hitherto not showing him any affection, it, it's like, it's basically a two for one deal for him. Oh, yeah. Um, he yeah he's he's getting the love from his mother that he never had and he's just being petted and stroked and anybody who does that is uh, is Salem's favourite person at that moment in time. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to lie to you. Anyone who strokes me, they're my favourite person. Oh god, yeah, just just a li- just a little rub on the head. That's all I want. Oh, tickle of the belly, mate. Tickle oh, of the belly. <laughs> where's your favourite tickle spot, Greg? <laughs> um, it's actually um at the in uh, behind my knee, behind my knee. <laughs> Okay, okay. There you go. Um, <laughs> All this talk of moms is making Sabrina pine for her own mother. So to avoid turning her into a giant candle, she sends her a letter in the form of a magic paper aeroplane, which uh, flies and arrives very nicely. Well, it crashes into uh, her mum in Peru. Just then the quizmaster rocks up and tells her that she can't send her mother any letters until she gets her licence. And because the witches' council saw her do it, they are going to punish her. Now, right... We've never been told that... We, we knew that Sabrina couldn't see her mother, mm-hmm. but we've never been told that she can't have any contact with her mother. Well, that's why Chris Master says... Well, it says it right there in your magic books. She crunches the page up and goes, No, it doesn't. So it's a, I guess it's a thing that we don't we don't need to know. But she but, didn't read the fine print is basically yes, what happened. Yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, oh, she, I see. She, she didn't read the contract before she signed it. So yeah. make sure, what you're telling me is make sure you read the terms and conditions for Facebook in the future. Yes. yes or, exactly. Yes. Or exactly. your T's and C's, yeah. 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 Right. Read everything. Right, yeah. Um, and as well, we find nicely a bit, something that we do find out is... It, it's a question that's been plaguing me for ages, Phil. Yeah, and I know, I know obviously you're listening and you're thinking, yeah, that's great. Yeah, we found out Salem's got an arsehole. Great, we found that out. <laughs> we know that there's a poo realm. Excellent, we found that out. But the question that's still been burning in our minds is, guys, what is the collective noun for witches? Now, I, I've been pondering <laughs> this. <laughs> I've been pondering this for so long. I mean, I've been going racking through my mind. I mean... You, you, is it a cyclone? You get cyclone of scorpions. Is it an army? You get an army of ants. Oh, is oh, it Hilda? Is it a murder? Is it a murder of crows? Yeah. You know, a cauldron of bats. Oh, that's you know. Good. Is it a, a sloth of bears? Is it a congregation of alligators? Mm. You know, it's a congregation of alligators. <laughs> yeah, it's a congregation of alligators. Gang of buffalo. Yeah. Uh, you know, is it a, a, a school of fish? A school of fish. A, uh, a a herd of sheep. A flock of seagulls. <laughs> Good man. Is it a, a a litter of kittens? The uh, uh, the list goes on. A caravan of camels. Coalition of cheetahs. <laughs> a pod of dolphins. We had a coalition of cheetahs over in this country here for a while. Satire. A parade of elephants. A business of ferrets. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a business <laughs> of ferrets. Ferret. It says right there, <laughs> a business of ferrets. Write that down, there's a show in there somewhere. <laughs> it doesn't matter what we say, what the witches one is, it's not going to be better than a business of ferrets. But, uh, but Chris, yeah, the, the witches, I mean, they're not strictly part of the animal kingdom or indeed of our realm, but uh, what is the collective term for a, uh, a bunch of witches? A gaggle. Wow. Yeah. A gaggle of witches. So there we go, guys. Whether it's a business of ferrets, a smack of jellyfish, or a gaggle of witches. <laughs> or even a flamboyance of flamingos. Yeah, lovely. So that's it. So they, because she says, oh, why are the witches council bothering me? Like, why are they so bothered about this? It says, well, they're just, they're just a gaggle of what just kind of old, out-of-touch, miserable witches, aren't they, really? Which exactly, it's exactly what geese are. They're just <laughs> miserable and out-of-touch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> geese, yeah. They're in the programme. Um, I mean, you've seen them cross that road. They, cars have been round for nearly a hundred, <laughs> uh, for a hundred years. Exactly. They still cross that road at inopportune times. Look both ways, geese. Look both ways. Idiots. Speaking of geese, I've been meaning to tell you this. Since we've moved here, you know, when I'm walking home, a couple of times a week there's a woman who walks two geese. Wow. What? <laughs> there's a woman I've seen... Uh, what, yeah. like on a lead? No, no, she just walks with them, walks slowly next to them. They're definitely hers because she picks them up to cross the road. <laughs> <laughs> but she takes them out for a walk. These two geese, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been meaning to tell you this for months and, and it's it's only become it's only well, reminded me all these all these great stories only come out during the podcast as I said before um, wow wow geese pet geese the business of ferrets I've gained a lot from this exchange yeah. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is the build up to a gaggle was so much better than the reveal <laughs> But uh, well, it yeah. did lead to the goose story. It yeah, did it lead did to lead to the, to the goose, goose story. story. Yeah, which yeah. is nice. But uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so these uh, old fuddy duddies have uh, read her letter that she sent to her mother, and unfortunately for breaking the rules, she now has to choose between being a witch or seeing her mom ever again. Goes back to what we were saying. They're mm. just very, very cruel, hardline government, aren't they? The witch yeah. council. Just yeah, dicks. just very behind the times, just thinking, oh, well, I don't care that you've got... You're just a stupid half-mortal. We don't care if you've got a stupid mortal as a mother. Pff, yeah, whatever. Maybe, Being a witch is more important. Maybe half-mortals, because Serena's got some pretty harsh uh, edicts handed down by the Witches' Council, hasn't she? Maybe half-mortals are persecuted. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe the... Because uh, in, in Harry Potter, same universe, mm-hmm, um, actually. the pure-blooded <laughs> uh, wizard families... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, run the show, yeah. and anybody who is yeah who's half muggle um, is is looked down upon by them. So uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The they, they are persecuted. They are referred to as mudbloods. They are mm-hmm. derogatory terms, etc. So maybe it is exactly the same in uh, in in the other realm. Yeah, yeah. a gaggle of bastards. The quizmaster tells Sabrina that she has only 12 hours to make up her mind, as if choosing between boyfriends was bad enough. Back at Mrs. Spellman's house and Hilda keeps uncovering pictures, awards and achievements with Zelda's name on them. That being said, it does seem like she kept hold of Hilda's ghastly hat from like, 100 plus years ago. So it's like well, a, it was cl- clearly from the 1800s. Yeah. Something like that, yeah, yeah. It's a really goofy hat. Uh, as well, I failed to mention, when they arrive at uh, Mrs. Mrs. Spellman's house? Yeah, we saying? That's what I've been referring yeah. to. Is, yeah, yeah, she's at Mrs. Spellman's house. And um, yeah, just Hilda is just... 
convinced that her mum likes Zelda more. And she goes, oh, where's the key? And Zelda lifts up a big rug and there's a massive comedy key. Yes. Which opens up the obviously very small locked door. And Hilda goes, see, mother told me it was under the plant pot, which is obviously very small. (laughs) Just nice guy. The next day in school, and Harvey is asking whether Sabrina has chosen him yet. So to take his mind off the situation, she magics in the perfect Mother's Day gift for Mrs. Kinkle. Oh my God, is that Heidi and her goat friends? And what does... um what does Harvey think his mum will do upon seeing this gift that has been out of circulation for a number of years? He says that mum will pass a stone! Gross. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> what, what a terrible birthday. That's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking kidney stone. <laughs> mate, mate, have you ever had kidney stones? No, I well, would never do. No, well, this is the thing. It hurts like hell until you pass the fucker. Well, then it's a relief, but the actual act of passing... <laughs> oh, yeah, God, no, you don't want that stone going through your urethra. You know. Exactly. But yeah, just, oh my god, my mum will be so happy, she'll have a kidney stone. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, yeah, but this is the thing, I don't understand how being that happy would enable you to pass the kidney stone. <laughs> ha- where it's like, you're going to be so happy, you're going to be pissing all day. Yeah, it's, is she so happy that she'll get rid of that kidney stone, or is she so happy she'll get one and then pass it out? Yeah, we don't know. I hoped that we were going to get a cutaway to like, the gift magically appearing in the Kinkle household, so then we would at least see Harvey's mother. But yeah. sadly we didn't. Followed with a... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good cutaway gag, wouldn't it? Oh, I've never been so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect gift and he kisses her again on the cheek. But then Dash rocks up with a bouquet of delicious carrots because he's bought her a pony called Petey. She says she still hasn't decided about the boys or her mom as the quizmaster appears to put the pressure on further. We also spot a brand new poster, boys. Did we spot this oh, one? No, oh, no, no. I, I missed the poster. There we go. This is a nice one. This is one, I think, that we can take in and uh, express in our lives from this day I'm glad forth. we ended the season on a nice poster. Yeah. Attitude is the mind's paintbrush. It can colour any situation. Oh. It's very poetic. It is very nice. lovely, that, isn't it? I'm glad it didn't take a strange twist like, Attitude is the mind's paintbrush. It can colour any situation. Sex can wait! (laughs) (laughs) Back home and Salem is still being fed by his mother, who sneezes near him. Are you catching a cold, mummy? He says. As he passes her a little teeny tiny tissue. The poor work is outstanding. You might say it's poorsome. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. Usually I'd have a go at you for doing that, but no. No. Not today, because yeah. that is so true. For once, it wasn't powerful. No. That <laughs> that was so... yeah, that was that, that was too. You get one, but Bill. Yeah, you get one. But yeah, are, are you catching a cold, mummy? And he just passes her this little little it tiny Kleenex. Just, it, it was the fact that the paw went down. It grabbed the tissue. And it turned it. Yes. Yeah. It, it, the turning. It, the turn. So it wasn't just like Velcro. Pour on tissue up. You yeah. know, it was. Pour on tissue, grip, turn. It was smooth. It was it was fine. It was sexual. I didn't realise. I don't know what you're going to say. I didn't realise until like the last few episodes of Sabrina that I got such a deep, primal pleasure from good animatronics. <laughs> there we go. Hashtag puppet porn. It's yeah, it's, it's what we're we're preaching here. Puppet porn. No. Like food porn or word porn, puppet porn. 
No, yeah. you missed his Porn. 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 Yeah, that was bad. That was. <laughs> God, what, what are you thinking, Chris? <laughs> Jesus. I tried something. Phil ruined it. If he hadn't said pawful, then that would have been a fucking golden. <laughs> Poor blimey. <laughs> Again, one for the British fans. But... Yeah. <laughs> Sabrina realises just how much she loves and misses her mum, and she also realises how much she loves magic. And we're treated to a little greatest hits montage featuring some really cheerful ska punk music. It's back, and we just see some clips of episodes from this season and last season, which is nice. Fucking solid montage. Yeah, it was. It was a nice. I don't know about you guys. I really enjoyed that. It was, it's, it was nice to see a little some of our favourite clips, like uh, the levitating. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the, oh, the when uh, when Libby turned into an, an animorph. Yes. Yeah. When she shrunk down to the goat. The 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 Hoover. And the moon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the um, we took a brief look at the uh, the, ti- uh, the the time, time ball. ball. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great. Oh, and the magic sweater, Valerie's magic sweater oh, yeah. appearing. So. And that's that's what we like to see in season finales, isn't it? Is little trips down down memory lane of the journey we've been on. Mm. So that was that, that was cool. And I enjoyed the uh, stock uh, scarf bunk a lot more than whatever real big fish song they uh, <laughs> dubbed it over. <laughs> whatever rancid song was on here, yeah, we we got a much more rancid one. Back in the kitchen, and Mrs. Saberhagen can't stop sneezing. Oh, I haven't sneezed this much since your father brought home that stray cat. No! <laughs> he just pour, but Salem stares at the camera. It's like he breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. He stares at us and just goes, and his mouth perfectly opens like an action figure. No! Again, perfect. animatronics. Animatronics, perfect. Nick Bacali, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Because he's a cat. Nice. We're going to stop these puns at some point. (laughs) Back upstairs and Sabrina zaps in the Quizmaster with her decision. Though she loves using magic, she can't live without her mother. So she'll sacrifice her magic if it means seeing her again. Her magic is stripped away and she transports her to Peru to visit her mom. But she looks, um, uh, the Quizmaster says, what, what's he... Oh, she says she feels insecure. Yeah, she's insecure, anxious, anxious, depressed. Yeah, and misses her mommy. Yeah, and now she's, and then the Quizmaster says, "Now you're like every mortal teenager. <laughs> you're just like a regular teenager cut, cut, now." Cuts deep that, but uh, yeah. Sabina and her mom are reunited, and mom can't believe that she hasn't turned into a ball of wax. And I didn't, th- and that actually is answered a question for me because I think from our pilot when we were like, "Oh my God, did did Eddie Spellman tell his?" Tell his wife, oh yeah, you can't see your daughter because you're a ball of wax, or did he just make up a lie? But no, she's she's actually aware of yeah. the situation, which, I don't know about you guys, I felt quite an amount of relief from yeah. hearing that. Yeah. That she is obviously, it tears the family apart for them not to see each other, but she's at a place where she can, I guess, comfortably accept it because it's the way of the world. I wonder, though, at what point uh, Eddie told her whether they'd already had a child and he went... By the way, <laughs> by the way, which gonna have a half mortal, half witch baby? Can't see him when they turn sixteen until they get the witch's license. Yeah. Otherwise, you turn into a ball of wax for eternity. In, yeah, we went. Oh, you know, we just had a baby, and like, oh, she's so beautiful. And you went, well, enjoy while you can, love, because I tell you what, <laughs> yeah. um, Eddie, yeah. what, what are these bags? Are, are you leaving? <laughs> Not me, love. <laughs> 
You <laughs> got one way the fuck out of here, or you turn it into a ball of wax. Yeah, here's a one-way ticket to Peru. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to Sabrina. Oh wait, you can't. Bye. <laughs> Realm building. <laughs> It's what we do best here, and as well, we uh, while she's making a, a brief visit, we might as well introduce ourselves to to our mom, who is Mrs. Spellman. Well, the correct answer is nobody. <laughs> um, but um, the first of all, considering that this is Sabrina's mother, this is the mother of our lead character. We're introduced to her very sort of just. It's, it's such such a throwaway thing. Yeah, like, we've seen her in a brief. Well, we, I assume we, we, it was we've seen her in a mirror. Yeah, we've seen her on, on the magic sort of magnifying glass. Yeah, that's yeah. But we, you know, in terms of being a speak, seeing Sabrina like properly interact with her, this is the first time, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It just, yeah, it happens as such as a throwaway thing. And whereas you know, we get you know somebody as, as, as wonderful with as much you know great um, work to their names, Robbie Benson, uh, playing the playing the dad. And here, no disrespect to her, I thought she did perfectly okay for the scene she was in. Uh, we have uh, a lady by the name of Pamela Blair. Who has done I nothing and I mean nothing? She has like 19 credits on IMDb and they're all like one episode appearances mm. and you know forgotten TV shows from like the 70s and 80s. Uh, and getting acting work is hard, guys. Getting acting work on. is hard. Not everybody can make it. No, Just because no. you don't make it doesn't mean you're not talented. Everybody no, knows absolutely. that. But um, in terms of you know, in terms of the casting for. You know, usually if a relative, you know, think Raquel Welsh as Vester and things, usually if a major relative shows up, they're played by somebody, you know, with a bit of... A bit of, uh, bit of... Well, we even had, um, was it Sabrina's dead grandmother had been in things like The Love Boat and stuff, so like, yeah, she, she, she was, was only in one episode. She was in Suicide was... 6, but you know, yeah, she, was, yeah. she was somebody who, you know, sort of had, had, a, had, a, had a significant role in TV history and she wasn't somebody you'd instantly recognise and, and know the name of. Um, but yeah, Pamela Blair is not one of those people. She was in Annie, apparently, but I think that was quite a minor role as well. It's probably the most famous thing she's been involved with. But I mean, it's a shame that I mean, she gets. We do see Mom again, unfortunately, just with a with a different actress. But Pamela Blair looks looks believably like you could you could believe that that is Melissa Joan Hart's mum, definitely. Yeah, she's she's a quite a petite lady with with blonde hair, and yeah, you know, she seems really really nice. But yeah. the the thing that got me was she looked very much like. A sister of Hilda and Zelda. Yes, she did. And it's just that moment. If you remember when um, my dad's girlfriend, Eddie, came back with... Gail? Gail, thank you. Came back with Gail, and Gail looked quite similar to Hilda and Zelda. And then Sabrina's mum looks quite similar to that side of the family. But it's just occurred to me, does he have incestual tendencies? (laughs) Is he, you know, because you imagine their mother may well have looked like that too. Yeah. Yeah, Is he suffering from the Oedipus complex? You know, we say about men marrying, you know, like women that remind of their mothers. Yeah, is that what happened here? Yeah. Possibly the family resemblance may have been what subconsciously attracted Eddie to her originally. And the fact she seems quite similar, even similar in sort of, you know, demeanour and obviously Mm -hmm. in a sort of academicness, the studiousness quite similar to Zelda. So, yeah. No. Just saying, check that family tree. Back in Mrs. Spellman's house, and Hilda is still trying to find evidence that her mom does like her. Uh, she does find a stain on the carpet, which coincidentally was during was it their mum's time with uh, she Rorschach. She just made friends with Rorschach, who not the guy from Watchmen, um, the um, psychologist. Yeah, the psychologist who invented the um, look at the ink pattern. What? Well, what do you see here? Yeah. Penis! <laughs> do you see, yeah. do you see a butterfly, butterfly or a vulva? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's always a vulva. <laughs> always. 
Zelda finally finds some evidence of uh, her mother's love for Hilda, which is in the form of a little horse model, which was the first thing that Hilda zapped up. A collectible that she doesn't seem to have of from Zelda. Just then the phone rings, and it's Mother. And the reason she isn't there is because she's spending the day with Vesta, who is obviously her favourite daughter after all. I wonder if the reason why... I mean, I don't know, and I don't want to spoil for me either. Why we don't meet Mother Spellman is because they want to hold back on introducing her because they want it to be a big time, much like Raquel Welsh, a big time yeah. guest star. I mean, we're we're going to get somebody, you know, really, you know, we're going to going to get Bette Midler or somebody like that yeah, showing up no, later on. I, I cool. hope so. Yeah, I think now they're established after two seasons. Enough people watch it. I mean, season three, if I remember right, from our pilot, is the most watched season uh, in terms of numbers and ratings. I'd say it was probably is the peak of it. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, maybe during that time they will be able to get big names, so maybe someone like uh, like Bette Midler or something could yeah. uh, could rock up as the mother. So that would be an interesting thing to see anyway, so we can only hope. Back in Peru and Sabrina and her mom are catching up and finally she asks about her current boyfriend, Pickle. Mom tells her to just follow her heart and to not keep the boys waiting, so Sabs decides to leave the next morning along with her very nice ass. She's no. got a long journey ahead of her. Yeah, it's she? a donkey, mate. Ass. Oh, oh that ass. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just randomly complimenting her ass. Like, hey, fair play. <laughs> fair play, but no. <laughs> I was making one of those, did you see what I did there? Yeah, so, yeah. Oh. No, I saw. I saw. I'd completely forgotten about the donkey, sorry. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. Earlier on. She said she travelled from Canada to Mexico on her ass. So travelling from Peru to Massachusetts, no problem. Yay! That's fine. God, I didn't realise they sat on a donkey and went down, <laughs> went down the glaciers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. She might. She has a, a raw bottom from all the riding on the donkey. Yeah. So she was riding her ass. So she didn't actually like slide down. So we don't have to worry about iced balls here, people. Mm-hmm. She was literally sliding on a donkey on the glacier next to Dashiell. Boom! No one's got a cold bum. There we except go. What, the donkey. Except, <laughs> except, 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 except the ass's ass. <laughs> except the ass of the raw ass. Yeah. Realm building. <laughs> Hashtag realm building. At home, and Salem is sobbing because his mother is allergic to him, and that she's going under the needle for him. So, I guess what can you cure sort of uh, I, I, I was allergies? Gonna, acupuncture. I, okay, right, yeah, yeah. Really? Pop a couple of pirates, you'd be right. <laughs> Surely. Maybe pirates hasn't reached the other realm yet. Maybe. Well, no, no. We've established that they're already ahead of us. They've got VR glasses. They've had pirates since the turn of this. <laughs> fucking first millennia but we did establish also that their progress is inconsistent while they may be ahead of us in some respects that is true not in others if you've got a swollen finger they just put a tap on it for example if you like it then you gotta put a tap on it (laughs) (laughs) but now yes so it seems Salem is a changed man or rather a cat who now loves his mummy very very much he even says Sel says, oh, I'm sorry you couldn't see your mum for very long. He was like, listen, it's my mum. Any amount of time spent with her was worth it. So, yeah, I hope this is a turning point for Salem. We saw him dive back into his villainous ways earlier, sort of trying to influence Sabrina to take over the school and therefore the world. But hopefully this is a turning point for Salem. Wait, are you saying that you think at the end of season two, this is going to be Salem's turning point and he's going to be, be more of an empathetic character. I think he's going to become 
more of a pathetic character, I think. He's but, already quite pathetic. Yeah, yeah but he's already more, pathetic. Mate. More needy. We've already seen him that he turns into a furry blimp at some point. So yes. I think, I think, yeah, he's. I think. I hope he's left his villainous ways in the past, and he's just a pathetic, pitiful bloke. Uh, no. I, I want a cat to be the overruler of all the world. I want him to become the villain of the show at some point. <laughs> yeah. I want him to probably yeah. turn on the Spellmans. And, uh... that, and that's where we get our instant peril! Instant yeah. peril. Instant peril. That doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work, but yeah, nice. Uh, just then, a smelly, grubby and miserable Sabrina rocks up, shortly followed by the Quizmaster, who urges her not to get angry when he tells her that all this decision-making was just her final test! Hey! Final test. Final test. Oh. One of the most important tests you take before getting your license is to show that there is something in this universe that means more to you than magic. Something oh. which she proved when choosing her mother. Yeah. So you can only keep your magic if there is something that the witch's council can basically blackmail you with. <laughs> I Yes, yeah. they need to know yeah. they've got you before <laughs> they allow you to be a witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like as long as there is at least one weakness, yeah. you can have your powers. <laughs> one bargaining chip for us to manipulate manipulate you with, then you can have powers. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say maybe it's because it uh, it keeps sort of witches, um, you know, locked into a bit of reality that that magic doesn't completely rule their lives. That they have got something that they love and appreciate. More than their magic, but no, I think it is. Yeah, blackmail, and, and that and that rule was only brought in in the last twenty five, thirty years when Salem tried to take over the world. Her magic is then returned, and she immediately zaps the quizmaster into a truck full of chickens. This is a thankless job, he says. Well, we'd like to reverse that, and we'd like to thank Alimi Ballard, as this is the last time we'll see him. No! no! Yeah, Quizmaster. Oh! No more. Oh, you kept that quiet, Phil. Well, I don't want, I don't want to start, I didn't want to start this episode on a, on a bum note. Why must we lose them all? <laughs> First Paul Feig, and Michelle Boudoir. Alimi Ballard is gone. Now the Quizmaster has gone. Well, I think he's been an excellent addition to the show. Oh, I think absolutely. he's very funny. Jeez. I think his fashion sense is on point. Um, it's out of this world, mate. His fashion yeah. sense is out of this world. I've yeah, I've so enjoyed having him around. He's made it feel like a completely different show, usually in a good way. Yeah, I'll miss him a lot. Whatever happened to the mouse in his apartment? Where are we? We're never going to see that apartment again. There was so much more to explore there. We're never going to see the mouse again. Yeah, we. We. Uh, I mean, hopefully he, he's moved out of Sabina's locker. He's no longer uh, squatting in there anymore. But uh, yeah, it's a shame. I have. I've loved the quiz. I think the quizmaster was such a vibrant character. I mean. No, vibrant, both in character and in costume. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like, it's weird to say that someone can be even more ridiculous and bright in an already magical make-believe world, but still, he was such a vast contrast, I think, to anyone else who'd been on the yeah. show, and I thought he really brought a genuine spark of just fun and magic. Sense. And, and the last we see him is on the back of a truck surrounded by chickens. <laughs> Saying it's that, a, great, thanks for all my hard work. Oh, yeah, yeah this is a thankless job. It's even... Oh. that That's a message... That's a message to the, the writers, yeah. producers yeah. and directors <laughs> out there. Yeah. It's like, you're keeping me for one season? I gave you everything I got. This is a thankless job. Well, Mr. Ballard, thanks for the laughs. Thanks for the legs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. You may you may be off our screen, but you'll be forever in my heart. 
The finale ends with Sabrina and her smelly ass trying to decide which <laughs> boy to be with. But I guess we'll find out in season three which one she chooses. Well, we don't. We can just we're, we're, just hazard a guess. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many more episodes is Dashiell in there, Phil? Um, he's in for one more episode. I think she picks Harvey, mate. <laughs> I think she picks Harvey. Spoiler alert. They oh. could... We should have probably said that before we went into that conversation. <laughs> Normally you say spoiler alert before you then yeah, spoil it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be Harvey murders Dashiell, Sabrina goes to prison, Sabrina's by herself. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. Episode 26, Mom vs. Magic. Our season two finale over and done with. Do you think this episode was a good sending off I guess of it a nice sort of wrapping up of this season or would you like to see, see more from it um, I don't think sitcoms need huge like you know blockbuster season finales like dramas do so it was it was perfectly fine end to it it was nice to have some sort of carryover plot wise into the next season um, some sort of final hurdle that Sabrina has to go over on the road to a witch's license mm-hmm. so it was and also Sabrina and Harvey's relationship sort of being uh, re-examined shows that there is there was some sort of like aim to actually resolve the season-long sort of pot threads, the things that were laid out at the start. So from that respect, it, it was satisfying. It was, it, was a, it was a pretty fun episode. It works as an ending of a sitcom. Like Graham said, it doesn't need to be this big blockbuster driving <laughs> off into the sunset type of thing. But yeah, worked, yeah, worked quite nicely. Like a carpenter, this season has nailed it. <laughs> Yes. yes, yes, I like that. I've got more where they come, came from. <laughs> Great, and I hope they're just, just, <laughs> as, just as wonderfully delivered as that one. Uh, highlights of this season? Any particular episodes that stood out, or particular moments of the episodes that stood out this season? For me, for my highlight really is the... Going back to the, the quiz show episode. Yes, that was a great episode. Just how unafraid to try a, a more adult joke is very clever jokes that seem out of place compared to something like Keenan and Kel yeah mm. I think that episode for me is the highlight in terms of just how clever and how well this team that make this show can be it's so much smarter than it needs to be mm. like you know you could I mean obviously Keenan and Kel was, it was a really funny show and mm-hmm. if you rewatch that now there's probably gags which went over our heads as kids oh, absolutely, yeah, are actually there and very clever but yeah like it's yeah. It, it really is one of those great like multi-level, almost like The Simpsons in a way. You know, a great multi-level comedy. I think highlights-wise, I'm gonna have to go with. I think most of mine are actually based around Salem. The the, the changing puppet, his his mob boss suit. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, so that's one of the highlights. Sabrina yeah. got no teeth. <laughs> Sabrina got no teeth. And also, way, way back, him <laughs> in the sushi bar. In yeah, the- oh, in episode oh, one. Yeah. Right, episode one. Yeah. This is uh, um, the fact that when uh, he was getting Sabrina to take over the world, he was in his little general hat. Mm. You know, it's, uh, I th- most of mine just based around Salem. It's just the uh, this this idea of, of just a cat in, in wonderful clothing. Yeah. yeah, and another highlight which shows the progression between seasons as well, I think it's probably the one that we've appreciated the most, is how well developed and written one-off characters are yeah mm. or just just count background characters they might only say a couple of lines or so how much of an actual character they are we saw it with some restaurant owners mrs papowski yeah bobby calzone and so, yeah, you know, yeah. Pe- characters just in for one episode or maybe a couple of lines and they feel like the consideration has actually been made 
Well, that's just it. You don't need to talk about one-off characters. They introduced a lot of new characters yeah. to the show, regular characters this season, because they lost Mr. Poole, they lost Jenny, and, you know, Mr. Craft, brilliant character, Valerie, really good character, uh, the Quizmaster we just talked about, yeah. excellent. Yeah, they've just... I think, yeah. They had to change a lot, and we very quickly warmed to all of them. Mm because they were so well written and so well played. Uh, a final question for you guys. High hopes for season three. I know this sounds weird, but I want more Valerie. Yeah, I think I, 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 no, I, I, I would w- agree with you there. I yeah. want more Valerie, but not pathetic, oh, no one likes me, Valerie. Yeah. Yeah. Like Valerie coming into her own. Yeah, her finding herself and, yeah. and, and, and growing. I did want more Quizmaster voice. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, <laughs> as yeah. it turns well, out. Well, so it's you, gone. Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I want Willard Craft to find out about the witchy business. Yes. Yes. I want. I want. That's the main thing I want to get out of season three. Yeah. Is Mr. Craft's suspicions aren't just laid to rest. I want yeah. them to build up, build up, and, and culminate in one episode where he just yeah, where he just blows the whole thing wide open. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. But basically, more yeah, more sort of. There's been a lot of it in this season. It's been it's been great for character consistency, and you know plots being actually revisited. Unfortunately, they do often disappear for episodes on end before being revisited, but nonetheless they're still there. When you get three seasons into a show, a good show with strong characters, you've got so much history and established uh, behavioural patterns to play with, and quite often the third season of a show, it's certainly the case with like. People say like the third season of The Simpsons is when it got really good. Mm-hmm. Even things like Parks and Recreation, when they really sort of settled into who the characters were and how they interacted with one another. I just want it to be one of those magical third seasons that good yeah. shows tend to have. It definitely has potential. I mean, I'll, um, I'll in a moment I'll, I'll tell you exactly what the overarching story yeah. of season three is. But it definitely has potential to be bigger and better and more magical. I yeah. think, and I hope it doesn't take long for us to realise just why this uh, season is regarded as the most watched, most praised season of the show's run. Before we talk about season three, for the final time this season, we're going over to Chris, who is our rank master. Oh, I forgot I was doing that. You forgot, didn't you, Chris? Uh, Just like my birthday. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) at the end of every episode, Chris uh, tells us what he believes this episode should be scored as out of a particular, I'll say not number, but phrase. And uh, But this is going to be different. I want you to tell me very briefly what you think this episode is, but then give me a score for the overall season. I've really enjoyed this episode. I'm going to go eight ferrets starting a business. (laughs) Eight ferrets starting a business. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) That's our show! Yay! (laughs) Just ferrets in little ties. Graham, do you agree with the number of ferrets starting a business? Um, I would possibly go that high for the episode. Uh, I would say 7.5 ferrets starting a business. What, one of them's in half? (laughs) Or is it a child? There's a child ferret in the business! Or he's just a bit half-arsed about it. (laughs) (laughs) He's not there most of the time. One one dick ferret. (laughs) Um, Yes, the episode score, I would go slightly lower. 7.5. 7.5. Um, and I would be inclined to agree with Graham on this one. Uh, so I would say about 7.5 ferrets starting a business. So just just to reiterate to our listeners right now, I, Chris, the rank master, have given a higher score for the first time ever 
than Graham and Phil. Yeah, we've agreed on the score. We've been unanimous, or I've agreed with Chris, or you've agreed with Chris. Yeah. But first time we've you've we've been lower, yeah. It's gone above us, yeah. So something obviously hit Chris in the heart there. Or it's it? just that I had a really fucking awesome day yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I'm still on a high from that. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Now, Chris, the big question is an overall... your, your attitude colours. Yeah. Oh, your yes. attitude colours everything. Yeah, I mean, that's not quite the same, but I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> What's the actual thing? What is the actual one? <laughs> attitude is the mind's paintbrush. It can colour any situation. Yeah, man was better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's better. <laughs> the fact that, yeah, uh, I had a fucking amazing day yesterday. I'm bloody knackered, but my outlook on life has improved. Today. Fabulous. I'm now, having a good day. Fuck you guys. As for season two... Keeping it simple, straight out of ten, this one. Oh, straight the, out of This 10. is the score that matters, okay? This is the score that matters. Not saying that you others didn't, but this one matters. Chris, season two, how does it sit with you? It's had its ups and downs, yeah? Uh, we've had our massive highs, we've had our massive lows, we've had moments where we thought we couldn't go on, we've had moments where we thought we'd going to go on a murder spray, we've had moments where we've been elated and on cloud nine. We've gone through the mill, guys, and we've come out the other side. I'm going to have to go with only... Six out of ten. Wow. Really? Wow, okay. Wow. If you're looking at the balance between the good and the bad, the good outweighs the bad, but not enough. Okay. Mm. Graham, do you agree or disagree with this? Wow. Now now things have been so good in the last few episodes. Enjoyed them all. Enjoyed talking about them. Mm -hmm. You kind of forget the sort of malaise that we had in the middle. You must take that into account. Got to go with seven. Okay, and I'm going to go slightly higher. So I'm going to go 7.5, I think. I think. Okay, thank fuck for that. We're back to normal. You guys <laughs> have gone higher normal. than me. Yeah. Boy, season three, episode one. Would you like to know what it's called? What? It's a mad, 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 mad season opener. <laughs> well, Classic. <laughs> yeah, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yes, that's respected. That's the film, isn't it? I think so, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go with it's going to be a bit... Mad, yeah. But ul- times four. But, but ultimately, assumedly, the key part is that Sabrina still hasn't chosen between Harvey and Dashiell, and she's got to do that. And yes. things get out of hand. Does Dashiell turn Harvey into something? Does Dashiell spill the beans? Does Harvey find out in a mm. way that he can't be made to forget that Sabrina's a witch? Basically, we're, I'm working on the premise that Dashiell does something fucking ludicrous and stupid that affects Sabrina's life and relationship with Harvey all because he was being selfish and arrogant thinking he was the best and that Sabrina should pick him Okay. Well, in the first episode, we will see uh, Sabrina's decision, I mean, we know the outcome anyway but we'll see how it actually plays out However, this overarching story of season three is before she can make use of her witch's license, she must first learn the family secret. Oh, yeah! So we will now meet new faces of the Spellman family during this season who will help her get there. I, she gets, I remember, she gets like this big board and she gets like little things from each family member. Uh, and I'm not going to say any more because I've just remembered more to the point of what, what it is. So, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep your spoilers to I'll yourselves keep spoilers this time. To uh, but yeah, so she's got to, before she can make use of her witch's licence, she must uncover the Spellment family secret along with the help of her family members that we will meet during the course of this season. So it definitely has the potential to be very magical, I think, it very silly. Indeed. This will take us until uh, Sabrina's 18th birthday this uh, season. So yeah, lots of exciting things ahead. And that is episode one, season three. 
which at the moment we haven't got a start date for, but we're still going to be uh, entertaining the masses with a few special episodes, aren't we, boys? So our first extra credit episode, which we will inform you of when it will be starting. Uh, what are we covering, chaps? It's Hocus Pocus, isn't it? It is absolutely Hocus Pocus, so we will start that uh, immediately. After a little break, of course. Uh, we're also going to be focusing on TGIF. So actually, yes. gonna, uh, we're going to specifically watch the shows that were in the crossover episode. Indeed. Get in touch on Twitter. You can get us at Sabrina Watch. Or on Facebook, you can just type in Sabrina the Teenage Watch and you'll find us there. If you'd like to fill my uh, email inbox with stuff rather than just SoundCloud and Facebook logins, then please get in touch at SabrinaTeenageWatch at gmail.com. We'll let you know it soon about uh, when our next season will commence. But until then, thank you very much for listening to this episode and enjoying this season. My name has been Phil Dean, and I've been joined by my two finest chaps. They are Mr. Graham Riley. Thank you very much for this season, Graham. You're welcome. See you next season, folks. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, very much Chris Evans, my other comrade. Thank you very much for this season as well, too, pal. And that's the way you butter your buns. Yeah.